I'd borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry o'er the future, for I know what Jesus said, and today I walk beside Him, for He knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Every step is getting brighter as a golden stairs I climb. Every bird is getting lighter. Every cloud is silver lined. There the sun is always shining. There no tear will dim the eye. At the ending of the rainbow, where the mountains touch the sky, many things about to. I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Everybody sing with me third. I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds a sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that be my portion may be through the flame or flood. But his presence goes before me, and I'm covered with his blood. Thank you, Brother Bruce, and uh, appreciate Trey filling in for me this morning and giving him go around and uh, the experience and preaching, and uh, that I know he always does a fantastic job, and appreciate him so much. And instead of an associate, more like a partner in the ministry, and uh, appreciate him. Head to Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter one. This is a classic, but just a neat story I ran across. I said, I've got to share this. This is one of my all-time favorites. A man goes to the doctor after having a mild heart attack. The doctor takes the man's wife aside and tells her that the only hope of preventing another heart attack, probably fatal heart attack, is to remove all sources of stress in her husband's life. 
The doctor then proceeds to give the wife a list of things that she must do to reduce her husband's stress and keep him alive. Three delicious home-cooked meals every day. Do all the housework, never argue, disagree, and be available all the time for his beck and call. On the way home, the husband asks the wife what the doctor said, and the wife thinks for a moment and tells him, well, the doctor said you're going to die. And so just a classic. Can't go wrong with a classic. So uh, not, not a whole lot of encouragement there. <laughs> Poor fellow. But I, I tell you what, I've got a good one. I've got a, a great wife, and I, I've tried to step it up with her having this uh, illness or condition or what have you. I, I covet your prayers for her and uh, her life and her health. Seven checkpoints for success. Joshua 1, verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee, turn not to the right nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper wherever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. You know, um, I love the thought that, you know, if we're going to have success as a church, there are certain things that we need to take into consideration. If we're going to be successful as people, um, I saw something the other day and it said this. It said, uh, if it concerns you, it concerns God. I like that. And it does match up Scripture. Matter of fact, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says this, Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. That's a great promise. So did you know that? It says, so if it concerns you, it concerns God. God is concerned. He wants you to to be successful, and all that doesn't mean that you accomplish everything you try. What it means is, it's just to live for Him. That's success. Just living for Him. That's success. Obeying Him. What is success? Following Him. Getting saved. Coming to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. These are, matter of fact, in all these things, the very first thing of these seven that we're going to fly through, not keep you here all night. And uh, Allie Joe said, uh, they heard me preach the same sermon twice. Allie Joe said, if he says to turn to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I'm getting up and leaving. So she doesn't heard the sermon twice. She wasn't about to hear it. I wasn't going to preach it a third time. So this is a different sermon than this morning. And uh, very first thing for success that I was headed toward, you must be saved. I call it authentic faith. You have to be saved. I mean, think about that. If you earned 
the king of the universe and you died without Jesus, what would you have? You know, what does the Bible say? He who gains the whole world and loses his own soul. I mean, what, what does it matter if you accomplish everything in this world but spend eternity in hell? So the, the very first thing that we must have to have good success is to have a relationship with Jesus. Are you going to heaven? Do you know him? And I love this promise. Listen to me very closely. Because you're saved and you're trying to live for the Lord, this is the promise. Even before you're saved, there's nothing that you can do to cause God to love you anymore. There's also nothing you can do to cause God to love you less. That's pretty powerful if you think about it. God loves you as much as he'll ever love you. And he'll never love you any less than he does now. Then you say, well, what if I mess up? Well, he still loves you with a perfect love. You might add that with a perfect love. But yes, he can be displeased with you and still love you. You do that with your own kids. Next, uh, to have authentic success, which is modeled in these three verses that we read, we must have our spiritual priorities correct. In other words, looking at this, it says uh, in verse 8, This law shall not depart out of thy mouth, and thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And do, notice it says do, according to all that is written in there. I love the way uh, a particular preacher said it this way. He said, he called it this, a relentless pursuit of God. I love a good action movie. If there's not, you know, to me, if there's not bullets and blood, it's just not a good show. And, uh, you know, I just li like that. I love a good action show. Uh, there's <clears throat> shows Harrison Ford was in a movie uh, one time called The Fugitive, which was based upon an older uh, same story. And basically the whole movie was about the FBI agent chasing Harrison Ford. It was a relent. I mean, every time he thought he had this guy figured out and he was chasing him and he thought he had him, but he was one step ahead. And folks, that's the way we should be with God. In other words, we'll never fully, Paul said it this way, I try to apprehend that which has apprehended me. Who's got you? Jesus. What are you trying to reach for? Jesus. I like the way he said it. That's in Philippians 3. That's powerful. So uh, what is it? A relentless pursuit. When he says uh, meditate day and night med and do everything, uh, do it for a year. No, you do it your whole life. A relentless pursuit of the Lord. Thirdly, not only must you have authentic faith, spiritual priorities, we must have moral boundaries. Moral boundaries means this, that I must confess sin in my life. Matter of fact, we're observing the Lord's Supper tonight. In the Lord's Supper, one of the main tenets of the Lord's Supper is let every man, and that means every person, examine himself to see if he was taking the Lord's Supper, Lord's Supper irreverently. It says unworthily in the King James Bible, which just means irreverently or disrespectfully. Before you can even notice, 
notice that, you must see if there's any sin, hatred, animosity, discontent, bitterness inside your heart. Confess that to God. Because purity and confession is, are prerequisites of intimacy. I've tried to counsel married couples before who were about as far apart as me and a man on the moon. There was no communication, no intimacy, and I'm not talking about uh, physical intimacy. I'm talking about communication-wise. I'm talking about closeness and, and sharing stuff. And so many times we want to be intimate with God, yet we never confess our wrongs to Him. And never say, I'm sorry to Him. How much more should we have that kind of relationship with God and our own spouse? We won't even say, I'm sorry and get things right. How can we have a relationship with that? And the same thing holds true in a church. If we won't confess our care, and our concern and our love to one another. So moral boundaries and having must be there for success. <clears throat> the next thing I call is our meaningful friendships. I love what this says. If you want to turn to Proverbs thirteen twenty, this is a neat scripture. So I want to be a success in our church if we want to be a success. Proverbs thirteen twenty says this. It says, it teach, Scripture teaches that wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. A companion of fools means we need to choose our friends carefully because our friends that we say our friends can have side effects on us. If you have a friend that's bitter, if you have a friend that's negative, if you have a friend that's not saved, if you have a friend that's, uh, that, that has a negative effect upon you. <laughs> uh, I love to what, if you've ever seen nowadays, and I don't know how many years it's been, the last 10, 15 years that there's been... Y'all have ever seen pharmaceutical commercials? There's pharmaceutical commercials all the time, trying to sell you drugs for this and drugs for that. Um, all kinds of, you know, if you have any aches or pains and you need this latest product called No Hurtium, just take No Hurtium as many times as you want, and then at that very end of that, uh, or if you have indigestion, here, you can take this great pill called No Burpium. And you take no burpium, and all your problems will be taken care of. And then at the very end of that commercial, it'll have all this fellas talking 300 words a second, listing all the side effects of that drug. It'll say, uh, by the way, if you take this drug, you may experience hair loss, and you may experience toenails falling off, and you may experience this and that and that. You just, and then he's talking really fast, so you can't really know what all the side effects are. And that's a lot of times the way our our school kids and even people we work with, we may choose to be friends with people that's having an effect on us, a negative effect, a positive effect, or we being a good effect up on others. And so we need to make 
have meaningful friendships. The next thing in Psalms that we need for success is we need to make wise choices. All of this is based upon, of course, pursuing God, knowing God, being saved. In Psalms 90.12, the Bible says this, Lord, that you need teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. I remember uh, years ago, whenever we would get this little booklet and we would be nominated for who's who among high school students. Who's who? Well, folks, you don't have to be named who's who to know what's what. The Bible says, Lord, teach us to number our days. We may apply our hearts to wisdom. If you pursue God, you can know what's what. And you can know right from wrong and make wise choices. Wise choices based upon what? Based upon the Word of God. Well, <clears throat> lastly, and uh, in looking at this, knock these two, these uh, last two out and the last one, is we must, if you want to have a good success, you must put others first and recognize God as Lord as your life. Recognize others first and God is God of your life. The key to success are not only all these other things, but the acrostic called joy. Many of you have heard this acrostic. All your priorities should be what? Jesus, others, than you. Jesus, others, than you. Recognizing God, the last one, as the Lord of your life, God-given authority, who is over you? We all answer to the Lord, and ultimately, when we think we're Lord of our life, God will put us in check, and He'll let us know that we are not Lord of our life. He should be Lord of our life. Recognize that God authority. Somebody called it Lordship Salvation. Well, all that's a fancy word for is uh, make him Lord. He may be your Savior, but is he your Lord? As we prepare for him, him of invitation, would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Father, I thank you for this time and this opportunity tonight to share your word and realizing it's only through relentlessly pursuing you that we can have success. Knowing that it all boils down to knowing you as Savior and loving you and loving others. As you summed it up in the great commandment. Lord, help us to put you first in everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen.